This is a life-changing message by the Reverend Sam Crunchy Ankara. There was a man sent from God and his name was John. There was a man sent from God. There is a man sent from God. His name is John. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 1 and verse number 6. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 1 and verse number 6. There is a man. So, you don't need to be an angel to be sent from God. You don't need to be a spirit. You can be an ordinary flesh and blood, but you make a difference. And that is the impartation that is coming. The spirit of John is coming upon somebody over here. And by the time you finish your assignment on this earth, you will be remembered and you will be recognized. I'm talking to only one person here. Who is this person that I'm talking to? John chapter 1. Read with a loud voice. Ready? Go. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Verse number 7. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Verse number 8. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. See whether there's something in nine. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Is it not amazing that God sends a man and gives him a specific assignment? And you on this earth, your assignment is not to be the light. Don't compare yourself with the light. Don't even dream that you want to be the light. Your assignment is just be a witness to the light. And do that assignment and die in it. There was a man sent from God. Now, now you want to know what, what is it to witness? What is it about to witness? You, you can define witness by looking at the life of John the Baptist. What he did. The first meaning of witness, therefore, is to introduce the light. His duty was to introduce the light. So, he comes and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. So, number one, to introduce. He is not the light. He should not dream to become the light, but he should just introduce the light. Number two, his job is to defend the light. To defend the light. And we'll be seeing some powerful defenses from verse number 19, when the Jew, Jewish leaders came to him and started bombarding him with some questions. He came to defend the, the light. Number three, his responsibility was to protect the light. To protect the light. Number four, his responsibility was to walk in the shadow of the light. He, he was not meant to compare himself. He must not, he must not even dream about it. He is not the light. He must just walk in the shadow of the light. There was a man sent from God. So, he came to introduce the light. He came to defend the light, to protect the light. He came to walk in the shadow of the light. And then uh, finally another one. He came to speak about the light. His duty was to just speak about the light. To speak about the light. Now,
are talking about was powerful in some in his own class. At the time when John the Baptist came on the scene, it was the Jewish practice or a Jewish doctrine to baptize Gentiles so that they will become Jews. So what we people call naturalization, where they will give you passport and so on. In, at that time, DS, to become a Jew, you have to be circumcised. After that, they baptize you. And it was the responsibility of the Jewish elders, the leaders, the, the, the members, uh, the leaders of the synagogue, they baptized Gentiles. Jewish people were not baptized per se. But they saw John the Baptist baptize Jews, Gentiles, old men, young men, and the crowd that followed him was amazing. Amazing. Number two, his preaching was uniquely powerful. If you heard John the Baptist preach one sermon and you didn't repent, oh, you will not repent again. He was so powerful that Herod Antipas at the time feared him. When Herod Antipas married his brother Philip's wife, Herodias, John the Baptist was the only religious leader who spoke against it. Herod was angry and put him into prison and finally beheaded him. A man can be so faithful to the cost of his life. It's amazing. This man called John. He is, he's, he's phenomenal. He, 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 he is a spirit. And somebody must catch that spirit today. John, a man sent from God. Look at his lifestyle. The man was so dedicated, he made his home in the desert. In the wilderness, that was where he lived. When everybody lived in good houses, this man lived in some huts. Because for him, anything of this world did not matter. God and God only. There was a man sent from God. His clothing, the man only covered himself with the skin of an animal. All his food, locust and honey. And I was just wondering how he prepared the locust. That was what the man was eating. When others were eating lamb and, uh, 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 and cattle and, and fish and, and, and so on, honey, locust. The skin of a cloth, uh, the, his clothing was uh, uh, the skin of an animal and then, and then he made his house in, in, in desert. That, that was how, how the man was, was righteous and, and sacrificed for, for the things of God. There was a man sent from God. His life and ministry then alarmed the religious leaders. So they now sent people to him in chapter 1 and verse 19, demanding to know who he was. Now, listen to the discourse between John the Baptist and the religious leaders of his day. John chapter 1 and verse number 19. Now, this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Question number 1. Who are you? Answer, verse 21. Answer, verse 21. He asked, he, they asked him, oh, have I missed something in verse 20? Oh, sorry. But he confessed, I, and then he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. So 21, second question. 
And then they asked him, what then are you? What then are you Elijah? Then he said, I am not. Question number three, are you then the prophet? And then he answered, no. Verse 22, then they said to him, who are you? What? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Sometimes people want to know your source. They, they, they don't want to know what class you belong to. They want to know who, who your father was. Whether you were born in a rich home and they want to know your political connections and your political background. I came here to let you know that all those things are not necessary. If you have to make it in life, God, you know, to, all you need to know is to know the assignment of God for you, the purpose of God for your life and as to what your source is, it doesn't. You don't need any title. Don't need it. Are you are you the Christ? No. So the Elijah? No. How about the prophet? No. Who then are you? Why are you baptizing people? Then he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, I'm only a messenger. I am only a voice. You don't see voices. You only hear voices. So you don't need to see me. You only want to hear what I am telling you. That's it. I am the voice of one crying. I came on this earth with a simple assignment. And my assignment is to be a forerunner to the light. I am not the light. My, my, my assignment is to bear witness to the light. I am not, I'm not the light. There is a man sent from God. His name is John. Uh, I, I, he is not born to become apostle general. No. He is, is to support the apostle general. He is to witness about the apostle general. He is to introduce the apostle general. He is to protect the apostle general. Uh, he is to defend the apostle general. He is to walk in the shadow of the apostle general. And, and, and there were other colleagues like him, but they missed the assignment and they left. to be the light. If I witness about the light, it's enough for me. Why do I have to be the light? If God has not called me to be the light. There are some in this church because they have never been given post. They have been angry and they have left. Their reason is that they were in the church before others came and the, the others have been made pastors and they have not been made pastors so they are so angry and every day they are gossiping, they are gossiping, they are gossiping. Oh my God, please don't cut your life short. Your job is to witness about the light. Can you stay there and witness about the light? There are others who also not do anything because they have not been recognized by being given position. Oh, are you Elijah? No, you don't need the title Elijah. Are you a doctor? No, 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 you don't need reverend doctor. How about you, the prophet? Oh, I don't need the title of a prophet. Don't even call me apostle. I am the voice of one crying. Repent for Jesus Christ is coming. Once I preach the gospel, it's enough for me. I don't care what title you call me and I don't care what title you give me. Titles don't make ministries. It is the oil and the anointing and the character that makes the ministry. Am I talking to somebody here? There was a man sent from God. He was a man, not a spirit, a man, a man, a man. 
His name is John. His name is John. <laughs> Look at verse number 24. Look at verse number 24. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. 25. And then they asked him saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Now later on you find out that he knew who he was. And Jesus Christ will confirm him that this indeed is the Elijah. But he wanted to let the people know that whether I'm Elijah or not, that does not matter. What matters is that I am performing the assignment that God has asked me to perform. I am walking in the path of God's will. That's all. That's all. That's what a man needs. That's the spirit you need. That's the spirit you need. <laughs> Why are you baptizing? Because baptism at that time was meant for only the leaders of the religious leaders at that time. So where is this man coming from all of a sudden that is baptizing people in their numbers and everybody is going to him. He was pulling the crowd. Jesus Christ, the son of God, even went to kill for John to baptize him. Who is this man? 26. Then John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who is coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not even worthy to lose. Look at a man who had his own congregation. Who was on the scene before the light came. Physically, though. I, in today's world, Do you know how we started this church? Do you know how we have struggled from Egypt? Those who came from Egypt with me, that's the way they've been bullying the new people who have come. But they don't know that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It, it, it doesn't matter. You started a church with me. But if you have been killing me softly wherever you are, in your, in your, in your conversation, in your attitude, I go and inspect your tight card. Your tight card is empty. And somebody came just yesterday and the person decides to support me. God has sent that person because God sends men from heaven. Come and bear witness to the light. <laughs> Look at verse number 28. Verse number 28. Read 28 with a loud voice. When you go, these things were done in Bethbatara beyond the Jordan where John was baptized in 29. 21. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, can you shout it? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 30. 30. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. 31. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing him. My duty is to come and reveal him. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Ready, go. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it remained upon him. 33. And I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Every relationship must begin by spiritual connection. When you, you don't know somebody after the spirit, 
but you want to know the person after the flesh. After the flesh because he used to give you money. And so that connected you to him. That relationship will fizzle out. If the relationship is, is, is as a result, uh, you want to marry him because he's handsome. Or you want to marry her because she's beautiful. That relationship is going to die because there is no spiritual connection. Oh my God. If you want to know somebody after the flesh, that relationship is never going to succeed. You've got to know somebody after the spirit. The Holy Ghost said to him, the person upon whom the Holy Spirit will settle, that's the man. So you discover that recognizing Jesus Christ by the Spirit was what kept his relationship even at his trying moment, which we are going to discuss right now. Every relationship is tested. Every relationship is tested. Every relationship is, is tested. The one between you and your wife. The one between you and the apostle general. The one between you and him. The one between you and your executive. The one between you and who, uh, who is sitting by you. Every relationship. And so therefore, when the relationship is not bonded by the spirit, why are you in a relationship with him? Because you love him as a brother in Christ. Why do you love her? Because, because she's a sister in Christ. Not because of the food she gives you or the food or the money that he gives you. Why do you love me? Is it because I pay your school fees? That means that the day you finish school, I will not see you again. Don't love me because of the school fees I pay. Love me because the spirit of God is inside of me. And that as long as I remain walking in the things of the spirit, you are going to remain hooked to me forever and ever. That relationship I will trust. Not the one based upon money. Because the day I stop giving you money, you stop loving me. Pray this prayer and say, Lord, search my heart. Pray this prayer and say, Lord, search my heart. John's John's connection with Jesus Christ is is funny. It took place right from the womb. Elizabeth was pregnant with John after, after 60 years of barrenness. And then God visits her and shoots a miracle in her womb. And then she... Mary had had an encounter with the angel six months after Elizabeth was pregnant. And in the encounter, the angel said to Mary to go and look for Elizabeth, who was a cousin to to Mary. The Bible says, when Mary saw Elizabeth and raised her voice, Hey, Mary, blessed are you. Then the baby in the womb of Elizabeth leapt. John. That was when God connected John the Baptist with Jesus Christ, the one that he was coming to witness about, his forerunner, his protector, his defender, and the one he was going to speak about. The one whose sandals he was not even fit to lose. That was the beginning of the connection. And I, I've been wondering why a man sent from God called John who spent 30, of, 30 years of his 50 years with a man some crunchy ankara. It's amazing. He was praying. His father had died before he was born. He had lived with uncles and aunties all his life. But he knew that you can't continue to live in uncles and aunties all your life because at a certain stage, the relationship must be terminated. You must get married and start your own life. So he now started praying, God, give me a man that I can call my father. A man that I can connect my life with for the rest of my life. 
when I finished living with, with my uncles. I was then at University of Ghana. He was at Polytechnic. Then Mama Rita was at Polytechnic. I was witnessing in the dormitory in which they were to some people. And then he was lying on his bed or he came in or whatever. Then he joined the meeting. According to his testimony, that day something went into him and the Lord said to him, this is the father you are looking for. Oh, father you are looking for. Oh, come on, please. Let, let's check it again. I was a student at that place, at that, at that time. Me, myself, I was a struggler. Oh, yes. Number one struggler. I think he was even better than me because he was living with uncles and aunties. Me, I don't even know who I was living with. I was like John the Baptist, moving from wilderness to wilderness, desert to desert. Charlie, <laughs> poverty. Oh, if you beat me in poverty, then you too, you are anointed. <laughs> then you are anointed. Pa. Eh? And me, struggler. I had worked from University of Ghana to Akrapolis to preach. After preaching, I didn't even know how I was going back to the campus. And then the, the God said to him, this is your father. And he too didn't tell me. And he kept the thing in his heart and he started following me, following me, following me, following me. Oh my goodness gracious me. You, you were good. You should have asked God. God said, look at the man that you are asking me to be my father. Look at this man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. He never lies. When he says it, it is true. He is faithful. Here is my second challenge. If he got married and was following me, how was he going to feed his wife and children? And pay their school fees. Don't forget, his uncles and his aunties who raised him up was saying, uh, John, he's an engineer by, by profession. And he was a manager with this Indian company. Poly group of company. He was a, 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 a factory engineer and manager over there. And then, and then he went and told them, I'm stopping the work. What job are you going to do? Me call this some crunching. Chachi, Reverend Johnny. Reverend Johnny, our school fees, our school fees. You are going to follow Reverend Sam Crunching. For what? You are going to preach the gospel. Can't you see that the man is struggling? But John the Baptist said to them, A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. I am here to prophesy to somebody, you have never made a mistake. It's just a matter of time and people will know. That you took the best decision. Am I talking to some blessed women and men in the house? Who is this person that I am talking to? Clap your hands and shout, I am the one. Oh, come on, let the devil hear you and shout, I am the one. Every relationship is tested. Now, the test of John's relationship with Christ was tested. And it, the test came through the followers. The followers came to John the Baptist and said, Master, the man you introduced, we told you, we said, don't make this mistake, sir. Because when we saw the man, we could discover that the man will have anointing. Jesus could, could preach and teach. John the Baptist was not working the miraculous. He was working in evangelistic anointing. He was just preaching powerfully and his words were so strong and sharp and he was convicting people of sin. And people were coming, he was baptizing them. But Jesus Christ was walking in the miraculous. Blind were seeing, lame walking. They said, sir, we went to the crusade. Then when we went to the crusade of Jesus, we went to just find out where our members were. We discovered a lot. They said, all our deacons and our ministers, our junior pastors, all of them, 
they were following Jesus. And then John said something to them. Chapter 3, verse number 25. I am very, very interested. I want to discuss uh, th- that portion with you. Chapter, chapter 3. We, we are not talking about the test of relationships. Every relationship is tested. When the relationship does not pass through tests, that relationship cannot be honored. You can't call it relationship. You must fight with me. And after you fight with me, if you still stick with me, then I know that you are for me. But when you get, you get hurt and you go, I know that you don't belong to me. You must disagree with me. But after that we solve it, then I know you are there with me. You don't disagree with your husband and your, or your wife and pack out and leave. You don't disagree with your, 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 your boss and then say you are leaving. You don't disagree with your pastor and say you are going. Relationships are tested. Watch this test. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. A dispute between John's disciples. And then 26. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. 27. Then John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from above. Yes, the John spirit. The John spirit recognizes gifts that are coming from heaven. So they don't fight those gifts. When you have the spirit of John, when a, when a man receives something from heaven above, you know it. You don't fight it. You, you don't want to become like him. Your duty is to bear witness to the light, not to be the light. Because you could die in the process. You could die in the process. A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. But listen to him again. Listen to him again. I don't know who is trying to destroy the relationship that you have. 28. You yourself bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. I have just been sent to prepare. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the apostle general. I am just an associate. And I want to remain. Why do you want to bring dispute between him and myself? 29. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices, stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of man is fulfilled. Now, that, that thing is very confusing. But what he's saying is that when there is a wedding and they make you a best man, immediately the wedding is over, your best man job is finished. You don't go chasing the woman again. You just came to bear witness to the light. Do your work and leave the scene. You just, you just came to be a choir leader. Do it and do it faithfully. You were, you were called to be the teens, teens pastor. Do that work and do it faithfully. You were called to be uh, an usher. Do it and do it faithfully. You were called to be, to sweep the compound. Do it and do it. There is a gift that is sent from God. It includes your gift. Why do you look down upon yourself? He must increase. But I must decrease. Let him increase. And let me decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who, he who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the, of, of the, of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. May nobody break you away from your covenant. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. 
Oh, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Here is another thing about the John's anointing. The John's anointing makes you go through many sacrifices. You, you are sacrificing yourself for a vision. You are sacrificing your life and your time for, for the growth of, of a church. You are sacrificing your time for the growth of voices in worship, covenant voices. You are sacrificing your time for the growth of youth ministry. You are sacrificing your time. You are giving money and so on and so forth. But there comes a time when you yourself, your faith must be strengthened. Because sometimes some circumstances and situations will come and just weaken your faith. You will not feel like continuing. It is part of relationships. So number one, relationships are tested. Sometimes, number two, relationships can go so low that somebody must come to lift you up and lift your faith. It happened to John. Now he had been cast into prison. All his church had died. All his members had gone following Jesus. He had said some things against Herod Antipas for which he was going to die. All of a sudden, nobody was visiting him. The Jesus whom he introduced was not passing there. So, so he became so down in the spirit then he sent a few of his disciples to go to Jesus and ask, are you the Messiah to come? The one that I introduced. Are you sure you are the one? Because after the introduction I gave you, the things I've gone through, they are serious. And then Jesus said, go and tell him what you have seen and what you have heard. The blind are seeing. The lame are walking. The dead are raised. Lepers are cleansed. Blessed is the one who is not offended in me. Tell him that the blind can see. What does that mean? Tell him that the eyes of people have been opened. When you go tell him that you have seen in Royal House Chapel, you saw some people, you knew them before. Now all of a sudden, their lives have transformed. They were not going to school before, they are not going to school. Tell them that the deaf can hear. Tell them that there's new revelation and understanding. People who used to spend their times in the discotheques, now in the clubhouses, now spend all their time in church. When you go tell them the things that you are seeing and you are hearing, tell him that the dead are raised. People are receiving life. Tell them that prostitutes, lives are turned around. Tell them ex-prison convicts have a place of fellowship and they are being comforted. Tell them that last Thursday, senior citizens received rice. And, and, and fish and oil free from the church. Tell them that those ex-prisoners also receive, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, food items so that they don't go begging. Tell them that lives are being affected. Wherever you see miracles and power, it means that God is there. And that kind of thing, when you are witnessing the bad or you are forerunning for, do it and do it confidently because you are doing the right thing. Tell John that the man is introduced is the Messiah. Tell him that he didn't make a mistake. Tell him that he should not end up in the flesh after starting in the spirit, after getting the connection in the spirit. What is it that has come upon him that he's not doubting my messiahship? When you go tell him he should keep his faith. Tell him he should not be down. When you go tell John 
that I am with him. The fact that I have not visited him in prison does not mean that I have forsaken him. I am with him. When you know somebody after the spirit, nothing happens in the physical that will break your relationship. The problem with human beings, my son, is that we never remember things that God does for us. Just a year ago, you got scholarship and went to school. You finished school and you don't know us anymore. Oh, what kind of spirit is that? Unfaithful. You were in this choir, you were singing. By the grace of God, you finished university. You, you have left. You have left. The choir that raised you. There was a man sent from God. Carried John's anointing. Now, the, the, the John's anointing is also the Elijah's anointing. And then Jesus Christ said to his disciples when they were going, then he told his disciples, of all men born of women, there is none greater than John. Yet who he who is least in the kingdom is greater than him. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence from the days of John the Baptist. When, when you are faithful and you serve and you serve, your name becomes a reference point from the days of John the Baptist. Your name becomes the pivot of timing from the days of John the Baptist. Your achievements are now, are now, they are now associated with seasons. From the days of John the Baptist, the man now becomes a reference point from nothing, from serving another man's cause. Who said to you, that you can become an associate pastor and be poor. Who, who, whoever told you that thing? Whoever said to you that you can be a witness to a light and be poor? Who said it? I'm not the light. Yes. I just want to support this light. But your blessing is coming. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violence shall take it by force. Then Jesus Christ blew them to pieces. He said, Malachi 4, 5 and 6 says, Before the coming of the Messiah, Elijah shall come. And if you want to know who this Elijah is, this is the man called John the Baptist. He is the Elijah. He is the one who has come to prepare the way for me. And Jesus said, I have said it. If you like, take it. If you like, reject it. Because I know it's going to be difficult for people. So the man knew that he carried Elijah's anointing. He knew that he was Elijah. But when they came to him and asked him, are you Elijah? He said, no. Are you the prophet? No. Are you the Christ? No. Then who are you? He said, I'm just a simple messenger and I'm here to do my work. I am to bear witness to the light. I am not the light. I've told you. Why are you forcing me to be general overseer? Stay in your line. Stay in your assignment. Don't look at what somebody does. Stay focused. Six reasons why people start and they never finish. Why people start building something but the building never sees completion. Why they start businesses but they never succeed. When you have this spirit, the anti-John spirit, 
Be careful. The anti-John spirit. Number one. Number one. You, you always fail in life when you start confusing your primary assignment with other assignments God has not given to you. When you start confusing your primary assignment with other assignments not apportioned to you. Don't confuse your primary assignment with others. Number two. Number two. When you discontinue to do what brought you into the limelight, you are about to fail. When you discontinue to do what brought you into the limelight. There was something you were doing that brought you greatness. Why would you stop it? You were prayerful. Now you got money so you don't want to pray again. Foolishness. You used to feed upon the word of God. That built faith in you. Now you have got into a place you don't want to study the word of God anymore. You used to enjoy worship. Worship drew you close to God. Now you have grown. You don't want to worship. Oh! Don't discontinue what brought you into the lamb light. Don't discontinue it. Number three. Why people don't finish what they start? Why they fail? Number three. When men's adoration of you imposes, when men's adoration of you imposes on the realities of your life, when men's adoration of you begins to impose upon the real situation on the ground, you know that you are in trouble. People, people are adoring you and they are saying some things about you. Charlie, you are anointed. Oh, ah. Why do you sit down for Pastor Sam Kranchankra to humiliate you like that? Chale, go and start your church. You do, you will grow. Men's adoration is not real. You know inside of your heart that you don't have what it takes. Don't bring yourself and don't deceive yourself. This work is difficult. I'm telling you. It's emotionally draining. It can deplete you. If God is not for you and not with you, it can cost your life. Very difficult work. Except you are in it for some other reason, maybe money and so on, that, that's fine. But if you are in to affect people's life, you know what it means to pastor ex-prison convicts? Do you know what Mama Rita is going through with these boys? Oh. Unless you, you are in for some reason. But if you are there, to heal the deaf and the blind and the lepers and to cleanse them, then get ready. Number four. Number four. When you begin to enjoy power than service, you know that you are about to fail. You enjoy power than service. Where, where do you draw your power from? Money? Beauty, degree. Oh, I know a Miss Ahifie. When she was, she was beautiful. Now she's pregnant and she's fat. Physical appearances will change. 
But when you are a man sent from God and you remain in your assignment, nothing can change you. Nothing moves you. Here is number five. Here is number five. Here is number five. When you prize reward over service, when you prize reward over service, there are people in church today who for every little thing they do, they want to be paid. They've placed prize money over the real blessing. They, they, don't, they don't know that there's blessing in service. In serving. In serving. In serving. They don't know. There is a man sent from God. His name is John. Here is the last one. When people's opinions dominate your self-convictions. When people's opinions seem to dominate your convictions, what you believe in, know that your life is coming to a short. You are about to fail. People's opinion. There are what people think about you. That's fine. But you to what you think about yourself. What are your personal convictions? What do you believe in? You want to follow follow everybody? You, oh, anybody who follows everybody becomes nothing at the end of the day. Have your personal convictions. Why are you in Royal House Chapel? Why do you follow some Kranchankra? Because he's a man who loves people. He spends God's money in taking care of prisoners. And he uses the money for crusades. He's down to earth. He's humble. He's simple. The guy has been worshipping God since Egypt. He still does it. He's been praying. He still does it. The way he behaves and talks and everything, he hasn't changed. Power hasn't gone into her. This is why I like him. You must have a reason. Some of you don't even have philosophy why you are here. May your mind change right now. Don't follow because you are following. Follow because there are convictions. You've seen something. Jesus said, what do people say I am? And what do you also say that I am? Holy words, long for our walk. It is our fervent prayer that this message will have an effect on your life and will lead you to the place where you belong. Royal House Chapel International, touching our generation with the power of God. God richly bless you.